What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Jade Show. I am so excited for this episode. It's about to be ship hopping. That's right, you heard it first. <laughs> first of all, if you're listening, thank you so much. You know, I appreciate you guys and your support as I'm trying to, you know, get this thing off the ground. And on my Instagram, you can go on my bio, click on the link, that'll send you right to my podcast episodes. Again, The Jade Show. Y'all better follow me on social media. You know what it is. But, you know, this episode is not about me entirely. I have a very special guest, the beautiful Alejandra. That's it, right, girl? Yeah. I'm going to roll my R's or something. (laughs) And we met, I think we met, was it last year at some point? Yeah, it was last year already. That's crazy. It's been a year. I know. So we met last year, you guys. She is a beautiful woman. I definitely have an Instagram crush on her. Um, We just started chatting, and she does marketing out here for a company called TPP. She was born in El Salvador. That girl, did I say that right? I'm really trying. Yeah, El Salvador. That's right. You got it. (laughs) Born in El Salvador from Minnesota and currently lives in Arizona. And she also has a podcast called I Know Mom with her mom, Cindy. So everybody, Mm -hmm. welcome Alejandra. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited that you and feel very honored to this is like my first podcast being with someone else and not having to host it. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's on the other side. So this is so exciting. I'm so honored that you asked me to be a part of your show. Of course. So I know we were talking a couple days ago. And it's crazy how you you may not know every detail about someone, but you guys still connect on a few issues and topics. And I know we were talking, you know, being two women, two ethnic women, Mm -hmm. um, and living in a town and a place where there's not many that look like us. And Mm -hmm. um, I just want you to share your story on how race played a part in your life, your childhood. Mm -hmm. I know you're you're adopted, and everyone, please go listen to her podcast episode because it's really inspiring and just talking about your life and your experiences. So I definitely want to give the viewers um, a point of view from from your side of life. So. Whenever you're ready, girl. So like Jade said, I was adopted from El Salvador by American family who is white. And they had, I have an older sister who's eight years older than me. And after they had her, they couldn't conceive. They they just couldn't conceive. They had miscarried. And also they tried to adopt two other babies before me. So I wasn't even the first baby they tried to adopt. I was the third. So like you said, I explained more in detail on my podcast. So definitely go check it out. But I, they lived in Minnesota and we lived in a really small town population, maybe like 30,000, maybe even less than that at the time, but it's definitely grown now. I grew up in a town where I was pretty much the only minority in my classes and in the school at one point. And it was very, it was very, very hard growing up in such a white area right and I've never felt like racist remarks or anything which I love my city I love where I come from everyone there has not shown any racism towards me thank god like seriously that town is amazing and I am so honored to be from there but it was more personal like it was more like internal in how I felt compared to like oh people are making racist comments towards me it was just more internal and it wasn't until this little girl i remember was in first grade 
she we were doing like those pictures where you had to like draw your parents and yeah. like show your heritage and yep. stuff mm -hmm. and she asked me why I didn't look like my parents oh wow and that just spiraled down wow. into like wait why don't I look like my parents? And I think that was the first realization of when I realized I didn't look like everyone else. Right. And it took, it, it took me, it took me a while to like get used to my skin and get used to my ethnicity and my color. And for a while there, it's really sad to say, sorry, <laughs> it's really sad to say, um, but I had to, I, literally was so embarrassed of my color of my skin that I actually put baby powder on me to try to hide away the skin tone of my color which wow. is super sad and I used to speak Spanish fluently mm -hmm. and then I quit speaking Spanish because I wanted to fit in I would wear long sleeves in the summer so I wouldn't get dark I wow. would stay in the shade I didn't want to be I literally did not want to be dark at all and I was just, I, it was, it's really heartbreaking to say that, but I honestly was really embarrassed of my skin tone. And it wasn't until I went to El Salvador for the first time when I was 13 years old and we got off the plane. It was my dad and I that went to the trip. We got off the plane and I see everyone looking at me and just not really looking at me like oh she's the only brown kid mm -hmm. more like looking at me like i was normal wow and the fact that i saw like other people that looked like me yeah. and it was different shades of brown there, like even even there was like black too so it was just like i finally felt like at home and comfortable in my skin because not only was my dad the minority at this point but i finally like realized that there was more like me and i could be comfortable and these people in this country are so happy with their life and I'm over here disappointed when I have a great opportunity in life to be whoever I want to be right and I, I was embarrassed of my skin like what it was it was yeah. really selfish and I was it wasn't until I went back that I really finally realized to embrace who I am and embrace where I come from and embrace my skin tone and now I like to be dark I like to Come get dark and dark and dark. Let's go. <laughs> right. And I'm listening and it's so crazy. Y'all, she's beautiful and your, oh, your skin complexion, it's like olive and caramely and it's, it's so gorgeous. And it's really interesting where I can relate to you in the sense where I, you know, I'm from Chicago and growing mm. up around people that look like me. And I moved out here when I was seven to, to Scottsdale. Yeah. So my family and I, that was the first city that we knew of because my parents' friends lived in Scottsdale. So I'm in Scottsdale, this little black girl, and I never realized, like, it's, it's just, it's really hard to explain, but it's just, mm -hmm. you're, it's like, you're comfortable in who you are, but you're not. It's like, you're never mm -hmm. fully confident. You're always second guessing yourself. You're always yeah. trying to, to fix yourself. And you, it's almost like you're walking around as if you have this problem. Yeah. And I remember just kids saying the dumbest stuff to me about my skin about my hair and mm -hmm. it's almost like being young like the good thing is in our in our 20s now I feel like I can have an intellectual conversation with someone on yeah. race um, mm -hmm. and feel confident in where I stand versus being seven eight nine ten eleven years old and I'm thinking yeah. oh I'm the problem and I don't want to say anything and 
I'm wrong all because of how I look. And it's so silly, but I just never had that confidence because I didn't see anyone around me when I was growing up in that kind of teen era. And that's really important. Like when we hit 13, 14 girl, like Mm -hmm. those are the days where we're really, we get to know ourselves and our Mm -hmm. our bodies and, um, and our personalities and who we are. So I can relate to you on that because I always just felt lesser than I know yeah. me too. Yeah. And in relationships, because at 13, 14, that's like when you're starting to like find boyfriends. Like boys, yep. And you see all your friends who are white and yep. they all have like guys that are crushing over them and they're like, what? And you're like, why aren't they crushing on me? Is it because right. of the skin? Even though that's like, it just is always me- meant in your like mentality and your exactly. mind that, oh, they don't like me because of the color of my skin or what's mm-hmm. wrong. And I still sometimes like have that insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something you, I don't want to say it's like embedded, but the way that we both grew up, it's kind of a little, it's still kind of there, even though, mm-hmm. you know, we grown past it and we right. love ourselves and we love right. who we are. But I mean, I still think that there's a little bit of insecurity that right. we, that we have because oh, yeah. of the way we grew up. Right. Right. And it's tough. And luckily, you know, my, my mom, she's someone, she advocates, for just equality and yeah. um, justice and she loves being black and we're, we're a, a family we're proud of who we are but it wasn't always easy like you said mm-hmm. and the other thing is like as much as I tried to have conversations with my non-black friends and with my mm-hmm. friends that were white it's like they get it but they don't some sometimes I mean not all the time everyone's different it's ca- literally case by case because I've talked to yeah. a lot of white people that are woke and that they understand they're like listen I may not understand what you're going through but I'm empathetic and I'm here yeah. if you need me which is awesome I, I have a lot of those people in my corner but then on the other side you know you do have those Karens and certain people that just don't yeah. choose, you know to understand um how we view things and mm-hmm. I think even with dating like you said a lot of my friends were getting boyfriends at such a young age and and I had a, you know, a few crushes here and there, but it wasn't yeah. necessarily until like college when I really started dating and guys were like, wow, like I like you for who you are. Like you're black, mm-hmm. you're beautiful. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. But do you like, this just came up when we started talking, when you started talking, mm-hmm. but when you date someone new, do you like, I've always dated, I no, I would, I would say white or some sort of mixed race or yeah. mixed with white and stuff uh-huh. I always am like did you tell your parents that I'm brown like do they know <laughs> like I don't know if you do that but I always did that in my relationships yes. like before I met them I'm like did you tell them I'm like brown right girl like, make yes. sure <laughs> and they're like yeah but why would that matter but that's just like something I always think about like I just yeah. want to make sure like they know the color of my skin before right. I meet them and isn't that a shame? And it's so, it's so funny you it say is. that, girl. I literally, like, I, there's a whole other topic that, you know, I'm going to do another episode on this, but there is a certain type of guy out here that, you know, all my life, I've dated white guys and like mm-hmm. you said, Hispanics and other guys and did a few black guys here and there, but not many. Mm-hmm. And when I did date the ones that weren't black, it was the same thing. Like, does your mom know I'm black? Does your grandpa know I'm black? Like, how do they feel about this? How do they feel about that? Yeah. Have you ever like touched black hair before? Like I'm like overcompensating <laughs> for all this extra stuff. And it doesn't even yeah. matter. Right. But I have been in those relationships and in those situationships, I call them where I'm, I'm really having to explain like, Mm-hmm. being black and some of them do say like I don't like I don't care but like you said it's it's in our mind it's yeah in our mind I feel uh, like that's yeah. anyone that's a color 
that's a different race or ethnicity. It's not right. just us, but I definitely think that's like something that we always want to ask and right. and make sure they know that that way you're like put in a comfortable position, you're not put in this awkward situation. You have to deal with a Karen or something. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So going back, I know you shared your adoption story. So how did you? So when was that? When was a part of your life where you were like? where it was, it really weighed heavily on you to dig more deep into your adoption to learn more about where you come from and who you are. Was it in your later years, in your 20s, or kind of at a young, young age? So I, I actually, it came right after my first trip there. Mm-hmm. I just saw how beautiful this country was. I saw, I met my, my foster parents and slash my godparents then, but I knew them when I was younger. So it was just like seeing them when I'm older and stuff. But I honestly, as soon as I got back from there, I, my whole, and my whole life like changed for the better. And I was just, I want to get back to my country. I went back, I go back every year, but with like coronavirus, it's like, I, I can't go back this year, which is a little bummer. Right. Um, and it was like my godparents slash foster parents' and 50th wedding anniversary. So we had to do it on zoom, which was so much fun, but oh, I was just like, oh, I just wish I could see them. Yeah. But yeah, as soon as I got back, I was just like, I love my country. I I have it tattooed on me, H on El Salvador, you. which means made in El Salvador. So I have Period. that tattooed on me. Like, <laughs> I I honestly, I have dual citizenship, so I still am a citizen there. Okay. So I try to do as much as I can for my country and, and try to like um, inform people. I know yeah. there's we, the foundation that my foster mom and her um, best friend own is the Latin American Children's Foundation. We always, I always try to do as much as I can to notify people about that and inform them about like how you can help people in a different country. Cause I know people understand that like here, there's people that need to be, um, there's homeless people here and we want to try to help people that we know here, but there's also a third world country that is hurting way worse yeah, and don't have opportunities that we do here in America. Right. And so I just try to inform people about trying to give back to that country. Cause I know, and any third world country just right. to give back, because I don't think people realize like how much $5 can go in a third world country that wow. is like Good. 20 meals. Right. So it's just, I, every year I do a Christmas um, donation. And then I tried to, uh, last year I did it for my birthday where I asked people to donate to this foundation there and we raised a lot of money too. So that was good. And that was fun. So yeah, I mean, I, as soon as everything opens up, I would love to like be down there for a couple months and just, you know, see, live there and just like kind of see how life takes me. But yeah, yeah, that's always been my goal in life is just to live there for like a couple months, two months, you know, to see how the way life is and experience it. But I've always had an interest in my country as soon as I went back and it just hit home. Like I was like, wow, this feels like home to me. And I wanted to know more and I still want to know more. So I'm always learning. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. I got like chills. That's so cool. And it's, I mean, life is something else. Like it, it really, we don't know why certain things happen to us, but Mm-hmm. Um, and truly like God knows, God knows everything from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, imagine what your life would be like if you didn't take that trip, like if you didn't go. 
Yeah, I mean, I would still be a spoiled brat. That's what I'd be because I was definitely a little brat when I was younger. My mom would tell you so too. (laughs) Girl, listen, all of us Americans, sorry, America, but you know, we 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 need to. I we definitely need to expand our horizons and and learn more. Like you said, third third world countries are hurting and um, they need us, and we all need each other. So that's Mm -hmm. that's a whole example within that, but. So what is like one of your favorite things about your culture? Like if you had to say like the food, the like fashion, what would be your favorite? Yeah. favorite uh, my favorite thing about my culture is probably the food and the people. Yeah. Everyone, I feel like, I think it's like a Hispanic thing. I don't think it's just like El Salvador thing, but yeah. I feel like Hispanic people are just the nicest and yeah. the friendliest yeah. and they're just so happy with so mm-hmm. little. And it's like, I think all of us need wow. to take that into a day-to-day basis and be so happy and thankful for the life you have because there's someone out there that has it way worse than us and we're over here complaining like I think that's something we need to take away Mm -hmm. and then also the food oh my gosh the food is so fresh the the fruits are fresh every morning you can go pick up go get an orange from the tree in the backyard and just have some fresh squeezed orange juice and then my favorite thing ever is called a pupusa it's so good Ooh. oh so good it's it's kind of like a quesadilla but like not really okay i would say that's like the easiest way to explain, explain it. it yeah yeah I it's kind of like a quesadilla but yeah I they have, have them here in phoenix yeah. i heard that there's some pupusa shops so i'm gonna have to check them out and see if they're really good but yeah. I, I don't that. know when you get one yeah. in el salvador it's like oh yes it's so yeah. amazing right honestly girl that's why it's so funny because my boyfriend and i were saying like we both i have i have a lot of hispanic friends and mm-hmm. I feel like Hispanic and Black people, we just get each other. Like, yeah. I, I love a lot of our um, culture. It's about family and food and mm-hmm. good time, dancing, parties. Like, yeah. Oh, gosh. They know how to party down there. Like, girl, oh. girl like, bring out the tequila. I almost died last time I was there. And they're like, tequila shots, tequila shots. I'm like, oh, my girl. gosh, you guys, you guys are drinking this as water. And I'm over here, <laughs> right. like, dying. I'm like, <laughs> I need help. Yes, I know. Help. <laughs> yeah, but I just I, I get like I just I connect with with Hispanics a lot and I just mm-hmm. like, we just we have a lot of the same values and mm-hmm. like family. Family's family is family's huge. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And um Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Girl, I want to go. I have to book a flight. Like, right I now. literally <laughs> want everyone to go. I'm like, we need to take like a trip down there. Any of my friends want to come? Let's go. But yeah. coronavirus, you know, it's, it's just killing Girl, everything. It, it truly is. It truly is. So I want to just transition to, um, I wanted to ask you, someone thinks of someone that's adopted. Like, what do you think that comes to mind to them? Well, I always, I always get the question, do you want to meet your biological mother? And that's like the first thing anyone asks me when I tell them I'm adopted. And I just kind of think that's like a a little personal. And for someone, I I actually really don't, I hate when people ask me that. I kind of get turned off by that because someone asked me, oh, do you want to meet your biological mother? And it's just like, it's, I just don't like that. Like, why do you want to ask us about our biological mothers? Especially I know I, when I was younger, I went to like adoption classes and we had to like talk about like, different things about adoption and my parents did too but we I just know that like bio like asking someone about their biological mother can be very very hard for some people and it can be very very like sensitive in the fact of like Like a trigger point yeah like a trigger yeah and so I just think that's kind of like one thing I would say that 
oh, I don't, I wouldn't ask someone what they, what their biological mom and dad or like what happened with them. I think that's just, that's a personal question. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people ask me if I want to meet her or like what happened. Right. And it's just like, you don't need to know that. Like, why don't you ask me about my parents here? Like my parents here are like the best, the best ever. And I consider them as my biological. So it's just like, why are you asking about this person when I have two parents here? Yeah. And I think that's so, um, thank you for sharing that because I know it's not easy, but I I respect that. And it's so, I think people, first of all, humans are nosy and you can definitely tell the sincerity in someone's question um but the fact that you mentioned like ask me about my parents now like they gave me a better life and they love me and yeah my biological parents and I don't think the parents that do the raising even step parents like they don't Mm -hmm. they don't get enough credit because a lot of times we're so focused on oh my gosh what happened or why did they leave you know the negative part so the fact Mm -hmm. that you're able to say you know what I have amazing parents now and even the fact of what you're doing with your mom and the podcast, mm-hmm. like it's, you guys are going to touch a lot of people. And I think just your relationship in general is going to be inspiring to other people. Yeah. And the thing is too, is, is our relationship is super rare mm-hmm. and it's, it's amazing that my mom is like literally my best friend. I know your mom is your best friend yeah. too, <laughs> but for being adopted and not being biological and our connection that we have is just so crazy. Yeah. And I'm so blessed to be honest. Like it was crazy too. Cause we did not get along at all. When I was younger, really? we okay. would, I would fight with her all the time. And yeah. I actually, I actually would say that I would want to go back to El Salvador. So oh, wow. there was, there was some, I said some hurtful things to her when I was younger and thank goodness she forgives. And now we have this incredible relationship, but I, I, yeah, it's just, it's incredible to have this relationship and not every adopted kid is going to have the same experience as they, that we do. They're not going to have the same experience as in life. And so anyone else adopted out there, like if you're going through hardship, reach out to me. I, I would love to talk to you. I've, would love to get to know you and get to know your story because adoption is hard and we all go through a lot and I feel like a lot of people don't realize that adoption is very hard on someone in aspect of feeling abandoned and feeling that abandonment issues and so if you're out there and you need someone to talk to just reach out to me I'd love to talk to you about anything that you want to talk to or even if you just need a friend yeah. I'm here for you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. make sure I know, make sure y'all subscribe to her podcast, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, and Alejandro, I know you have Instagram. Are you on anything else like Twitter, Snap, TikTok? No, girl. I'm like, I do that for a living. So I'm like, I only got the, I only got like Instagram. That's it. I try to keep up with my Instagram too. But <laughs> since I do marketing and stuff for someone yeah. else and doing their Instagram, Twitter, and everything, yeah. it's just like, it's exhausting to try to keep up with your own, but I'm trying every time I try. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I love that. Well, and, and I want to say too, if you're listening and even if you're in, you're not in a safe place or if you feel like, like Alejandro said, you need someone to talk to, definitely reach out to her. And honestly, Google's your friend, Google resources. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need support groups, I'm sure there's yeah. out there. So there's resources. You never have to be in a, in a state where you're not comfortable or you're not safe so and I honestly I'm inspired to even learn more about the adoption process because yeah it's you know when something necessarily isn't like it's not it doesn't affect you sometimes you 
you just don't know about it. It's not that you don't mm -hmm. want to, but you just don't know about it. And it's not talked about enough. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. so it's now, not. Yeah. It really isn't. And to stem off adoption, there's a lot of kids too that need to be, that are in foster care and that need no. foster homes. Yes. Like I would die to be one of the, a foster parent, but because they have stigma with single, single women oh, and yeah. it's, that's one thing I would love to advocate for and try to push that policy more because I don't think it's right to like have that you can't, that you're like on the bottom of the totem pole if you're like a single woman by yourself. Like that, I feel like if someone wants a kid or someone's trying to help a kid, I feel like that should be number one priority right. in life. So, exactly. yeah. but I would love to foster a child and that's help so someone awesome. else in need. Yeah. Oh, right. That's like one of my goals in life is I want to do one, I want to like, foster um and just make sure people find their forever homes and right. i know a lot of kids that are in foster care that have a tough time mm -hmm. and they have a hardship and they i feel like they have it a lot harder than adopted kids because right. they've been from home to home to yes. home and a lot of and these people they feeling doing. abandoned yeah exactly. they feel unwanted they feel yeah. like they're not needed yeah. and just if i could like take care of one of those kids and change like at least one person's yeah. life yeah oh, that would be like my dream in life yeah is to just like help someone but one day yeah oh yeah girl one day and one day I, I love and respect that and i could totally see that and i would say i volunteer so I told you I'm a believer and yeah. we love Jesus. Hi. Um, <laughs> love him. <laughs> love him. He's so good. Um, I used to help out at youth camp. It's called Elevate. And we, I was a counselor. My sisters and I were both counselors. And we would have inner city kids from all over. Mm -hmm. um, some kids would fly in. And oh, it was such a fun camp. It was like a couple of days. we go up north to Prescott. And I remember like two years I had girls that are in foster homes and mm -hmm. when I tell you by the end of camp I was literally like bawling my eyes out like mm -hmm. don't leave me like I was so yeah the connection like and oh, I know yeah and it's crazy because some of them were super super talkative and then there was one yeah. that was in the corner not saying anything and you can just feel how guarded like he like she was um, yeah but the connection I made was so strong and I'll never forget that and it was just such a beautiful opportunity to bond with someone that lives a totally different lifestyle than you exactly and just I had to kind of take on this like mom mentality mm -hmm. and just love on them like a lot of mm -hmm. people and I know a lot of our counselors would talk and we're like hey like I know with some of these kids who are in these circumstances like what do we say what like what's the right thing to say but sometimes you just got to love on people man like yeah literally treat treat them like they're normal and normal I to do every mm -hmm. single time we had devotions and I'd have one-on-one -on -one time I just treat them like a normal kid that's and what you have to do they don't want to be treated like anything differently they just want to be normal exactly and half the time I would let them bring it up like I would never and I know we have some mm -hmm. reality stuff but we'd have to make sure you know are you safe like any other kid that came to camp like are you safe if not let us know but yeah we just I would just treat them normal and just love on them. And, and it was just oh, such a bond. And I just love those days. And so I, I definitely, I had that experience of getting to know, you know, a story of a kid that's a doctor or in a foster home. So yeah. Ooh, high pod, for real. It's hard. And like I said, it's just, honestly, if just people just listen and mm -hmm. they just hear people's stories and yeah. 
just listen to people and know what they what they really want and so that's what my mom and I are trying to do is just share stories and try to share our story and know that adoption is an option and you don't always have to um, try to conceive if you're not able to there's adoption so exactly I love that and I love key to my mom I was like I want like six kids I want like some adopted kids I want like other kids from other cultures and ethnic like I just want to oh yeah me too I want to I want like a little basketball team right (laughs) I'm like feature husband out there you better want basketball team because I'm about to I'm about to love up on some babies girl listen I'm putting my like one baby in dance one baby in football one baby in a chef (laughs) exactly exactly I love it oh this is so awesome Alejandro, you're amazing. And I'm you are too. Like thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. And again, everybody, I want you guys to listen to a podcast called I Know Mom, which by the way, that title is perfect. How did you come (laughs) up with that title really quickly? Honestly, that was my mom. My mom (laughs) named it and she's like, We should have something, you know, what's one thing you always say? Yeah. And it just like came out like, you know, like I know mom, because she always (laughs) tries to give me advice. I'm always like, I know mom. And we were like, that should be it. And I was like, that's so perfect. Yeah. My mom always tries to give out advice and I you know, you just are like, Okay mom, like you know, leave me alone. I love that. Thank you. And they can find, if you're listening, you can find the link to your podcast in your Instagram bio, correct? Yep. Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I love it. It was so much fun. We have to do this again. You have to come on our show now. Girl, I'm ready. Okay. I got you and your mom, mom have to come on our show. You know, two best friends, mom. Like I told you, so much fun. Year old powerhouse black woman. She's hilarious, though. I love her and she makes me laugh. So yeah. we'll definitely have to do that. But hey, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure y'all give a rating, subscribe to both of our podcasts. And another note the one thing I really love about, you know, this friendship that's blossoming is I like women that support women. Okay. I ain't got time. Mm-hmm. No hate rate. So mm-hmm. we want to support each other. We're going to enjoy exactly. life. And, you know, just do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, thanks so much again for listening. This is the Jade show. Make sure you guys tune in for my next episode. Be kind to one another. Like Ellen always says, I love you guys. And I will talk to you later. Bye.